the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black. How are you doing today? 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money investing and more. Um, good golly. It's funny when you do any sort of financial radio show, how many people send... You email requests and request to be on your show, whether it's uh, advertisers and or financial people who are certain quote-unquote experts. And I go, so what do you do for a living? And typically it's sales is what I get back. And um, just be really careful what you hear on the radio. That's just my opinion. Be very careful. Hey, everybody. I got a DUI this weekend. And it's going to cost me about $10,000. I was driving through King City and uh, went all crazy and uh, hit the accelerator and five cars had to take me down. April Fool's, right? Um, the truth being, like, right for a second, you're like, no. Um, long story short, if I can do a long story short, and at this point in time, I probably can't. Um, April Fool's on a Saturday? Come on. That's no fun. It's always great to get on a, like a Monday through Friday and you're hearing companies like Google saying, we're going to change our name to Alphabet. And you're like, that's April Fool's. <laughs> no, really? They did. Um, it is what it is. Very so funny. Hopefully you, uh, it's not very funny. So there's a lot of excitement in the air today. Woo! Can you feel it? It's April 3rd. And that's where my whole April uh, 1st April Fool's joke came from is that it's the beginning of a new quarter, second quarter. Um, we get four per year. And the only problem right now is that none of the excitement is in the stock market. It resides predominantly in the world of sports. March madness, da 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 And you're like, but it's not March, it's April. It's Major League Baseball opening day. Da-da-da-da, oh, yeah. 
it's Master's Week. And he's lining up for the putt. And he chips one in, and it's in the hole! Um, you get a lot going on this week. But not in the stock market. And over the weekend, I hate saying this at this point in time, I kind of wake up on Sunday with one eye open, and I go, what's that Donald Trump, what's, what's going to happen here today? Did he tweet? Did he not tweet? Is he angry? Is he happy? Nobody uh, ever told me that politics was going to be so much fun. So the Trump trade's over, right? And that comes back to, like, the... Um, over? Nothing is over until we say it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! And it ain't over now. The Trump trade's over. We're now moving sideways to slightly down. And the world's starting to look around and going, okay, what do we look at here kind of thing? Um, do we dump stocks? Do we not dump stocks? And I don't think you dump stocks. I think that would be a mistake. And I know I get emails on this from people like you. And uh, it's not April Fool's. It's like, what do you do? I think you look at the news very carefully. And you have your portfolio set up for asset allocation, equity diversification. You look at areas that you may need. Everything's moving right now in the world of ETFs. Like, healthcare is all moving up as one. That means pharmaceuticals, biotech, hospitals, they're all moving up as one. So it's very difficult to be a stock picker and say, with a lot of comfort, that you can protect downside risk. I'm not saying you can't. I'm saying it's difficult on the level that the market's become an ETF market. And so it's more of a sector market on many, 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 many levels. So the conviction right now in the market reflects a lack of clarity. Now this week we're getting something kind of kind of interesting. President Trump is meeting with Chinese President Jinping, and there's a slate of economic data, ISM manufacturing. Okay, we we'll go with that. March employment on Friday. Ooh yeah, that first Friday of the month that I love so much. It's that wonderful season we all find so pleasing. So the behavior of the stock market right now itself becomes the news as everyone is waiting to see if it can produce an encore. Encore, encore to the Trump bump. Um, the first quarter of the U.S. S&P 500 was like seeing Hamilton for the first time. Of which I think it's slightly overrated, but let's just work with that. Um, I don't buy into hype. Wait. Alexander Hamilton. Thank you. My name is Alexander Hamilton. I think that's a little overrated. Like I could do that. It's like my name is Robert. Or okay, wait, wait. Um, I am Roberto Negro. My name is Roberto Negro. There's one million things I have not done. I have not had a soda today. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I have not gone to the toilet today. Thank you. Thank you. Please. 
I always go back to Cats. That whole, I think Broadway's a little overrated. It's like, midnight, and the kitty cats are all sleeping. It's, you're talking about cats. And yes, I get it that, that it's a story of like redemption and like the, there's a tomcat cat and there's an athletic cat and there's a sexy cat and there's a Chinese cat and they're like, there's all these different cats. And the cat who gets the ninth life, because all the cats get together, turns out to be the cat that was the prostitute cat. And all she wants to be is touched. As she got older, kind of like Cleopatra, you know, her life was better when she was younger than when she was older. I'm not a big fan of Broadway. Not a, and, or Phantom of the Opera. I'm the Phantom of the Opera. Okay, we know who you are now. We get it. Dun, dun, dun. Um... So anyway, the market had such a remarkable first quarter that everyone's compared it to Hamilton, which I think is a bit overrated. Um, and today, not so much, right? First quarter earnings reporting period, which will shift into high gear in the latter half of April. So we get January, February, March. That's the first quarter. And right around late March, companies shut up because they're not allowed to tell you, did they do good, did they do bad? They're not allowed to lead you into... We've got bad news coming, or it's going to be glorious. Um, Thank you. Thank you. That's exactly what I was looking for. I was actually looking for um, something from hair, but give me hair, hair, long, sexy. Um, But it's glorious. It was a great first quarter. Um, As we shift into earnings season, will that 5% run-up that we had in January, February, March, Will that lead to some disappointment or will it lead to guidance? It's like, yeah, you are right to believe in us. So there's something about the next 15 to 30 days that are going to be pretty interesting to take a look at. Are you with me? The Trump bump is kind of faded. And now we come into a little bit more reality and a little bit more sobering up and like, woo, markets moved a long way. And we get to take a look at that and what, what that means to us. And what it means to the companies that reported their numbers. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Call Rob Black now. 800 516 1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Be careful. I'm trying to figure out Snap because everyone else is trying to figure out Snap. And people have figured out Snap way before I have. And Snap's got something called Stories that... Yesterday, I thought it was kind of a big deal, and I'm like, I'm going to figure out how to do Snap Stories. And whoops, I could have been more wrong about that one. Um, You're like, eggs and bacon, and this is my breakfast. And look how I'm making it. And then a little later in the day, you're like, and look how sexy I look mowing the yard. A little later in the day, you're like, look at me washing my car. And like... Your sexy, sexy thing. One of your friends is like, dude, this isn't going to a chick. This is going to everyone. You're like, oh, it's going to everyone? Are you kidding? It's going to everyone? Ah, 
good thing I didn't post that last one, right? So ultimately what I'm trying to get at is we live in a day of social media and you need to be super careful. Um, when you're trying to impress and show love and affection, um, it might be going out to everyone. Just saying between you and me, be careful. 800-516-1220 each calls on the air. Apple wants to sell a premium TV bundle. And what's interesting about that is you look at Apple Music and you're like, that, no big deal. It's like, no big deal. That's pulling a lot of money at this point in time. People are paying on a regular basis. Now, they're not Spotify, but it's pulling a lot of money. Worthy of note. So when they, Apple gets interested in selling a TV bundle, whether it's HBO, Showtime, or Stars. What will their premium package be? ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox. It will pull in a lot of money. Speaking of pulling in a lot of money, let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, certified financial planner Chad Burton. He's with New Focus Financial. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. He's a certified financial planner. One of the issues on retirement, Chad, I look at risk. There's market risk. There's political risk. There's uh, currency risk. There's headline risk, there's earnings risk, there's inflation risk. There's lots of types of risk. But in retirement, I think there's five. There's timing risk, when do the lower or down returns occur. There's market risk, lower overall returns. A lot of people look at the last 10 years and say, uh, people over 60, they're just not going to expose their assets to to risk anymore. And risk equals higher returns Mm -hmm. in theory. Um, There's expense risk, medical costs go up, repairs go up, replacement of cars. There's longevity risk, risk, you know, you live in too long. Yeah. Like at some point in time, I want my mom to die because she's becoming more and more expensive as the years go on. I know that sounds horrible to say. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. You just look like a big jerk. <laughs> but there's also inflation risk. Yeah. And inflation risk hits seniors more than anyone else because of the cost of health care and Medicare. Right. Well, you have to expose yourself to some risk assets. Otherwise, later in life, you will subject yourself to a much lower lifestyle. The only way you can keep up with inflation is dealing with stocks, commodities, different types of investments. So if we look at inflation risk as an issue, that means part of your portfolio, part of your stock portfolio has to be overseas. The reason why is because when you're earning money in over, you know, stocks from other countries or bonds from other countries, you're automatically hedging yourself against a falling dollar, which is where inflation comes from. Okay? Higher commodity prices and a falling dollar causes inflation. So in your overall portfolio, you need to have of your government bond exposure, some of it needs to be in tips, treasury inflation protected bonds, and of your overall bond exposure, a decent portion needs to be in foreign bonds with a good well-known manager that's been doing it for a while and has good risk adjusted returns. And of your stock portfolio, you've got to have some good dividend paying stocks from overseas as well. That's a good way to hedge against inflation. Um, Other risks that we have to hedge against is that, that idea of longevity that you talked about, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, people used to retire thinking they were going to live till 80, 85. Now, I've had uh, three clients make it to past age 100, and I'm sure I'll you have a lot You had three clients more. make it over 100? Yeah. Do you send them a gift? <laughs> I should have. Send them a, a card like, hey, you're over 100. Your life must suck. We had a client that uh, at 98 fell off of her ladder cleaning her own gutters. That's crazy. I and fell she, off my ladder. She broke her hip, and she was fine uh, You know, six months later. Wow. Tough old lady. Tough old lady. Yes, she was. She so, her? So... So what's that? Just chew leather <laughs> for breakfast every day, leather and bacon. Um, but you know, for longevity risk, that's why I say you know you, you got to have a good portion of your overall income coming from income that 
you can't outlive. Yeah. Things like uh, pension type income, social security type income, income that's guaranteed from, you know, either the government or, or some sort of a highly rated insurance company. That's your longevity switch. There's actually longevity insurance that's being sold out there now that kicks in after age 85 and starts paying you a certain amount of money. Um, so there is ways to build that into your overall plan, that, that longevity risk. Let me know how much time we have left, Mr. Producer, at some point in time. Timing risk. That, I think it's kind of a, one of the one things that like people don't think about, but like the housing downturn caused a lot of people's retirements just calamity. Yeah. Because they had this asset that was appreciated, 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 appreciated. And then the, you know, the 2006 real estate bubble popped. Mm-hmm. And the timing, it sucked to be a 2010 time frame. You know, it, I don't know if that makes any sense what I'm trying to say. It does because, you know, a lot of people, especially in the Bay Area, re- retire with a lot, with rental properties, yeah. right? Yeah. And they have to do a very detailed retirement plan with their cash flow um, and saying that, okay, my income need is here. It's going to go up with inflation every year. And my portfolio is only going to last 15 years. So obviously, I'm going to have to start selling some of my properties. And if that is in real estate, you need to know 10 years ahead of the game before you know you're going to need to sell real estate because real estate cycles cycle through every 10 years. So if you're going oh, through... What's that mean? Real estate cycles every 10 every years? Every 10 years from peak to trough to peak to trough. Really? It's always a 10-year type of a cycle. Okay. So um, we're, we're, Stocks are very similar too. I mean, you have you know seven, 70% of the time stocks are up, 30% of the time stocks are down. Bear markets, bull markets tend to last 10 to 15 years at a time. So everything cycles. So you know that, okay, it's it's uh, 2012. I'm going to have to sell a rental property to replenish my portfolio by 2022, right? Okay. Let's say in five years you get what's really another real estate bubble, for example. I'm not saying there's going to be one, but it, let's say there is. Let's say everybody and their moms are wanting to buy real estate no matter what it's doing, and you know you you're at the top of another price point. Well, you might want to sell that property five years early and take advantage of that dip. In terms of your overall portfolio, to take out the timing risk, the timing risk when you're in retirement is you're living off of your portfolio. So the thing that will kill your returns and kill your chances of a long-term retirement in the long run is if you're selling stocks or bonds in a down market. Both have a lot of risk. In fact, in bonds, there's more risk now than ever that you're going to have to sell in a down bond market because we haven't had a down mar- bond market for many years. And usually when the bond market's down, you get two years of negative returns. And so the only way to hedge against that, you need three years worth of your portfolio draws in cash. That's the only way that you're going to make sure that you don't time the market on the selling side. And uh, after that, every quarter on the upside... Peel your gains to replenish the amount of that cash that you've spent. That's how you reduce the risk of timing in retirement. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. On the iHeartRadio app.
Call Rob Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I think it's only a matter of time before I burn out of this job. Before I burn out of the whole Bay Area. It's just not... It's, it's brutally tough. I'm not sure if you're with me or against me on that one, but... Someone who I care enormously for posted on Facebook. Maybe I just need to get off Facebook. That her daughter was in a Broadway show. Off-Broadway. Way off-Broadway. And she got to play the lead... Not the lead character, but a lead... One of the top characters who gets a tap dance solo. And it was one of those songs like... I wish I could tap away my life or... Something... That I go, that sounds horrible. <laughs> like I'm thinking about some person's kid. And I'm thinking, like, Broadway shows don't last forever. And I have this, like, crazy amount of stress on me that, like, what do we need to do about tomorrow? And I don't think I have the answer for it. I, I tried to do this show where I'm like, Okay, get a good education, personal finance, use your tax fund, refund to get a grip on your credit card debt. Uh, where is my tax refund? Things like that. I try to use this show to get people ready for the future, to get ready for retirement. And I don't think it's as easy as it sounds because I get a little stressed when I see someone's Facebook post. Now, I'm not one of those people who gets depressed and like, oh, good God, Jared's in Hawaii again. And, oh, let's see a gratuitous picture of his wife on the beach. Oh, yeah, she's yeah, she's great. She's had a little work there and on that. Like, I don't get depressed about that. I get depressed about, like, the future of our kids. Like, I've got a niece who I love enormously. But she hasn't got a job yet. And she's been out of college for a year and a half. And her Facebook posts are like, look at me, I'm in Europe. Look at me, I'm, you know, with my old buddies back at college. Look at me. And I'm like, let's see, look at you when you get you that job. Because mommy and daddy's money runs out. So I stress a little bit. So I think I'm going to burn out eventually. And uh, when I do, you can always find me at Rob, robblack.com. I'm either going to buy a, a mountain place or a beach place. And uh, if it's Mountain Place, watch out, I'm going to set booby traps, right? Uh, maybe Beach Place, I'm going to sit on the beach with my toes in the sand. If everybody had an ocean across the US I won't have my own ocean, but I will sit on the beach. So this show kind of stresses me out a little bit, because like I'll even talk to my board op, and I'll go, Mike, 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 you got enough saved up for retirement? How you doing? And he's like, well, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Um, well, I mean, I'm doing okay. And there's people I, I see, like, who are not him, but others who are like, are you living with your mom and dad in their garage their whole life? And the answer might be yes. And for some reason, that makes me sad. That, like, that, that it's a stress to me. So, please note that I do the show because I really want to get a lot of people to retirement in a healthy, pushing kind of way. And the best way to do that is max out your 401k, your 403b, your 457. Then after that, you need to start looking at your expenses. Are you buying a lot of plastic guns? Throw them away. Your kids don't really need them. I had a friend this weekend talk to me. 
about parenting. And he goes, so what do I do? My kid has like two cars in the house. I'm like, okay, well, let's start with that. Cars should be outside the house. Because my kid has two cars in the house. It's um, not my fault. I want to take one of the two cars away from him, but do I talk to him and go, hey, little two-and-a-half-year-old, uh, we're going to give your car to charity. We're going to give it to some other kid. Now! <laughs> or do you just take it out in the middle of the night and he goes, where's my car? And my answer was, just love him and get rid of the car. And uh, if your kid's got that voice, now you've done something wrong leading up to that and work on that. I just think we, we live in a world of too much materialism that like is costing us our retirement. So uh, the John Cusack say anything was kind of funny um, in the sense like, do you remember when he's standing outside? Uh, I think her name was Aoni Sky. Um, her room, and he's playing uh, In Your Eyes. And that's like an amazing love song. And you're like, uh, it's not an amazing love song. It's a song about In Your Eyes, I See the Door of a Thousand Churches. It's the eyes of Christ. Like, anytime you see, like, Jesus Christ painted, it's all about the eyes on some levels. Um, and Peter Gable is like, if you want to use the song as a love song, as you can, but it's not a love song of, like that kind of love song. It's a love song for, you know, the eyes of Christ. Um, and I'm not taking away from find whatever you want in a song, but one of my favorite lines ever in the movie, Say Anything, it, it still haunts me a little bit, was when Lloyd Dobler said, I don't want to sell anything, buy anything, or process anything as a career. I don't want to sell anything, bought or processed, or buy anything, sold or processed, or process anything, sold, bought or processed, or repair anything, sold, bought or processed. You know, as a career, I don't want to do that. So I get a little stressed out when I think about people's future. Because Lloyd needs to get a job. Um, at the same time, he's the most original, authentic, he just wants to love a woman, sit on the beach and put his toes in the sand. I don't know, I can't figure it all out tonight, so I'm just going to do it with your daughter. That's a little Lloyd Dobler for you. And, uh, you know, the goal of this show is to get people, all people, to retirement with someone that they love. To get people, all people, to retirement so they'd be great-grandparents. To get people, all people, to have some dignity in retirement. So, um, 1989, say anything. So, back when the trench coat was kind of cool to wear. Not so sure that it is today. So, what does retirement mean to you? It's a funny thing. Because some people have no idea in any way, shape, or form what that means. And I think they're in for a shock. I was talking to a neighbor, and uh, he retired maybe two or three months ago. And I go, how you doing, George? And he's like, doing great, doing great. Retirement's awesome. And I said, that's funny, because um, I know a lot of people who struggle with that first you know, year. He's like, ah, I went to two Yankee games, and um, so he was a New Yorker from the Bronx. And uh, I guess he went down to Florida, then he went up to New York or something like that. And uh, I'm like, okay, good, good. So he, he is enjoying it. And he's like, I don't know how I ever worked when I have so much to do. That's a great, great kind of retirement. Not everyone gets there. So he's staying busy in retirement. His wife, uh, I'm not going to say her name because it's pretty unique. Um, 
when she retired a few years back, she was kind of a government worker, a city worker. And she kind of doubled up in, on yoga and doubled up on exercise and doubled up on staying fit and, and moving around. Um, I don't know what my retirement looks like. I know that I'm getting a little burned out. I know that the stress of seeing people, you know, put 50, 60% of their pay into something, it's not fun to see. Um, I saw something on the millennials recently that the millennials are giving up on San Francisco. And I, find, I went like, no doubt, right? Um, it's just too expensive. And I don't mind the expensive part because like, I've done well on that side. Um, but I start looking at other people. And when you look at other people, you're like, I feel bad for them. Like I said, my friend whose daughter is in a, in a, a musical, I love it. That's a validation that you know all your hard work in theater paid off. But I also go, there ain't a lot of money in musicals unless you are, um, I don't even know who the famous Broadway show person is, um, Mendoza, who, who's the woman who sings Wicked? <laughs> so, uh, you can see how much I care about Broadway at this point in time. But I was reading a story that said, 46% of millennials living in San Francisco say they're ready to leave the nation's hottest rental market. And that tells me it's probably time to sell and move on. Like, everyone's kind of burned out. Because millennials are the people who will throw money at Dina Mazel. And Dina Mazel, um, we're flying higher. In gravity! Uh, cute musical, but I want to base a career on it. So 46% of millennials are leaving... No, no. 46% of millennials living in San Francisco want to leave. Um, now, millennials now 18 to 39. And they're the people who throw money at almost anything. They're like, Austin, Texas? I want to go. Austin loves me. Um, Elbow? Elbow's coming from Europe and they're playing in the United States. I want to go see Elbow. Cost of living was the biggest motivating factor. With 65% of millennials surveyed saying that it's, it's, it's tough. Losing our youth is a very bad economic and social strategy for San Francisco and the Bay Area. When they leave, the housing market needs other people. See, the housing market always needs the next mom. Um, you live in a good community. You want someone else to go, I want to live in that community one day. And they kind of step up and they replace the, the grandparent, sells to their kid, who sells to their grandkid kind of thing. You kind of need some sort of stratus, some sort of like thing that works on a level. And millennials want to leave San Francisco. Tell me a lot of burnout. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter at Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Interesting study out on who's leading the self-driving tech pack. A lot of the original equipment manufacturers 
the Fords, the GMs. Um, didn't really buy into the self-driving concept for quite a while. And companies like Tesla and Uber, Google, Apple maybe, we don't know. A company called Waymo, they did. And a recent study showed that Ford is in the pole position when it comes to the benefit of autonomous vehicles. Because they've demonstrated that they have the strategic vision and execution capabilities to develop automated driving systems, as well as deploy them across multiple flat platforms. I bring this up because you probably would have thought that Google or you know someone else was the winner winner chicken dinner, but apparently not. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. These calls on the air. Let's bring on Tony Mendez. Talk a little Bay Area loan source. Real estate. Joining me now, Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. A lot of people want to buy a house, and they start with, I want to buy a house. How do I calculate how much I can afford? What's the number? Um, okay, so the standard guidelines, and that's what you're going to follow. These are the best rates out there from Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae, and you have to follow those guidelines. They're going to say you can spend a certain percentage of your income if you're W-2, that's your gross income. If you're self-employed, that's going to be your net income that goes over on your 1040. So it's a basic uh, formula, and you have to factor in uh, the, the actual debt on the house called PITI, Principal Interest Tax and Insurance. Slow it down. Slow it down. PITI. PITI. PD. PD. And What's any other expenses for? that go into the property plus your other debt. So. And, and if your credit score is high enough, and this is where credit score becomes a big factor in how much you can borrow. So if you have a 640 score, you're going to borrow less than somebody who has a 740 score based on your income. So your percentages are allowed to go higher. So let's say that that max is 45%. That's called your back-end ratio. That back-end ratio is 45% of your gross income if you're W-2. That's a pretty high number. Right. So if you make $10,000, you can spend $4,500 a month on all of your debt. So if you if you have $500 in credit card and car payment debt, then that leaves you with 4000 for PITI. Gotcha. So you work backwards, you subtract. Let's say it's a $500,000 house. That's about 500 in taxes, about $100 a month in insurance. Back that out, that leaves you with $3,400. So it seems like if you're going to yeah. be buying a house in a year, you should start paying down your credit. In large part because it's going to be part of the factor. It is going to be because that if you have a lower credit score, that ratio could go from 45% down to 35%. So you're losing the ability to buy, and, it, and it's retarding your ability to go at a higher price. And it might put you in a worse neighborhood, better, you know, worse school districts. So credit score really translates big into the uh, real estate industry. Gotcha. One of the things I try to tell people, there's no rule of thumbs. I mean, you could kind of start with a, an area. Like when I was growing up, it was no more than 28% of your income should go right. into servicing your mortgage. That's pretty nice. It's conservative. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good standard to follow. But ultimately what a lot of people still don't understand how to calculate their income, especially if you're self-employed. Some people use their gross, some people use their net, but they forget that there's things you could back into it. Ultimately, you do have to get pre-approved. That's really the first step. And let a professional do it. I think people try to do it too, too much on their own. They get a realtor, they start shopping, and then they find a, a loan agent, and they find out that they're not approved for a certain amount because it could have been their credit score. They're looking at a different program that has mortgage insurance that also gets factored in the PITI-MI. So there's a lot of other factors that play into it, and, and it becomes more difficult nowadays. There's no stated income programs. There's no um, starter teaser rates that can help you qualify. It's all straight math now, and it's straightforward. 
it's something people really need to get comfortable with is how much can you afford? Because I can tell you, a lot of people don't think about property taxes. That comes in, bam. That's That hurts. It hurts. Um, a roof goes bad. Yeah. Um, people go into foreclosure. Again, I had a friend whose father took money out of his house, bought a house, took money out of that house, bought another house, took money out of that. And he'd never prepared for a worst-case scenario. And when a worst-case scenario hit where he lost a, a renter, all four houses collapsed. Yep. All four houses went into foreclosure. Um, it became viral. And it doesn't have to be that way if you don't overbuy. Um, there's a rule of thumb, again, doesn't always work for people. Depends on how much money you put down and other factors. But two and a half times your annual salary. So if mm-hmm. you make $100,000, you could probably afford $250,000. Um, so a million-dollar house, which is norm on the peninsula, you need a lot of money to yep. afford that. A $400,000 income Probably, um, if you're going to be doing a you know typical mortgage type, stuff. and again, that's what's what's bogus about this. And but you did mention something that's uh, very important is people also underestimate their expenses on the property, yep. utilities, maintenance. It's estimated that you're spending two hundred dollars a month on average in maintenance. And what's is what's also interesting is this isn't part of the, that your qualifying uh, debt. And it really does become a debt. It becomes a monthly debt that does not get included. So definitely uh, account for that and prepare for having higher expenses owning a property. Good stuff. Good things to know. Good things to ponder. I like arguments. I like conversation. Um, Too many people buy houses without thinking of what can they actually afford. And sometimes you should go into that starter house, you know? Sometimes that should be your first house for your next five to ten years. Build a little bit of equity and then... You know, get the house that you really, really want. Um, I'm not in my dream house. I still underbuy. Um, one day I'll be in my dream house. Probably when it's probably called a coffin. <laughs> Dirt nap time. That's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. And I'm Rob Black talking money, investing more. Um, lots to talk about for sure. Snapchat had an April Fool's joke where they copied Facebook's Instagram with the style of photos that they were publishing. <clears throat> That's kind of sad. Maybe it's funny, but it's also kind of sad. It shows you that copying is a thing. Home builder stocks had the best quarter in more than two years. Can you have the bestest, bestest, bestest quarter two quarters in a row? I think Wall Street's going to focus right now on earnings for the next 15 to 30 days. Then we'll get back to tax cuts and healthcare reform and deregulation. That's what I'm focused on. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.